Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, every week is a party here. How can it not be when you have myself and Heather Brittany? <laughs> Welcome, power partners, to our informational playground of Star Style, be the star you are. We are brought to the airwaves under the species of Be the Star You Are charity. And we are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you are listening to us on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to catapult you from wishing upon a star to imagining your dreams as if they have already transpired. And we want you to talk about living your dreams and acting like you have everything you need because you are the writer, director, producer, and star of your own life. So don't wait for something to happen. Create it today. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by Brooks Albrey and Children's Success Unlimited, who are the sponsors of the Be The Star You Are book bash coming up on April 25th. For more information, go to starstyleradio.net and click on events. And this is from one of my very favorite authors, Robert Louis Stevenson. To be what we are and to become what we are capable of becoming is the only end of life. You have to think about that. It's really that is a good one. So we do have a great show lined up for you today, an inspiring and fun show. Uh, Brooks Albrey actually is going to be on the show in our second segment. He's the author of the inspirational and the powerful Blue Ocean Bob series that is for younger children. And he's going to talk to us about the newest book, A Challenging Job. In segment three, we're going to look at the media and how much time kids are spending on it. And coming right up, Heather and I will be discussing the art of apologies. Do any of us know how to say we're sorry? But I just want to give an announcement for the book bash, which is going to be happening in just a week. So we are very excited. Mark your calendars. It's the Be The Star You Are Bush Bash. I mean, Bush. 
book bash blowout. Yeah. I mean, we have to say that I 10 times, like, right, what, Heather? This? this is a gardening thing that's happening here, yeah. I know, I know. This is a, a gardening segment. No, it's like a, this is like, you know, one of those tongue twisters that you do before you go on an acting yeah. audition. Anyway, it is going to be held at 5A Rent-A-Space in Moraga. Thank you, 5A Rent-A-Space, for giving in the, the space and for um, co-sponsoring it here with us. You're going to meet several authors like Todd Battle and his book, um, Daddy Look, with his co-authors. Uh, Pete Crooks with The Setup should be with us. Of course, I'll be there with my books. And there will be hundreds of brand-new selling books on this sale. And the exciting part, and this is where Brooks comes in, um, our next guest coming up, is that with a, with you purchase, uh, $19 of anything, it's all a donation to the charity, you're gonna get a complimentary copy of Blue Ocean Bob, which is just the most amazing book for oh, young wow. readers. So, isn't that cool? And there's That's gonna be free cool. snacks, there's entertainment, there's kids crafts, there's music. Singing, we'll have a lot of giveaways. It's going to be great. So, again, The Adventures of Blue Ocean Bob is going to be given away. So, mark your calendars April 25th, 11 to 4 p.m. You know, to be a leader, you must be a reader. And uh, we're really excited about it. So, thank you to Children's Success Unlimited. That's what we're all about children's success. Well, even if uh, robots did have a 100% accuracy rate, all of us are human and uh, we're all fallible, but do we know how to say we're sorry? I think that apologies are an art, and is it enough just to say I'm sorry, or do we need to do something more? So, Heather, I want to look at this because it, I think apologies can really affect our health as well as our peace of mind. So what is your take on this whole idea of I am sorry? Yeah, well, just as you said, is that it's funny how, um, you know, we have all these very many, um, conflicting sort of, uh, concepts within life that we say, you know, that, um, an apology, like, you know, just say you're sorry. But then we also say, you know, actions speak louder than words. Sometimes words fall flat. Sometimes words are so meaningful. As we know, I love you at so much power. Um, you know, I hate you. Uh, and I'm sorry, or please forgive me. There's so many words. Um, and so many things. And as we know, we've probably all been in those situations because, as you said, we're not robots. We're all humans, and we're all full of flaws. And many times, you know, things happen uh, that, you know, there's reasons that we have to be sorry, that we need to apologize. We need that Maricopa with someone to, to feel better. And, um, you know, I, I see this, you know, day to day. There's so many times I'm apologizing or people are apologizing me, those little things, and especially when it comes to close friends or family members. And even within the workplace, too, there's this whole kind of thing of apologies are very powerful, um, whether it's coming from yourself to a higher up or I mean, maybe you are the higher up and the higher up coming to, to uh, your subordinates kind of things. But um, it's having a powerful and a meaning, sorry. And I've had people before, you know, that uh, you, sometimes you get into a, a fight with someone and over time you don't even know what the original thing was about. And when someone just says, just say you're sorry, you know, just say you're sorry, and you're trying to find out, well, what did I do? Because for me, I think um, I think an apology, it really does have value. And for someone to sincerely to say it, um, it has a lot of things. And there's there's really... Well, there's, you just brought really up there's three three you parts have to Yeah, you have to know... I, I really believe in saying I'm sorry, but you do have to know what you did. So for somebody yeah. just to tell and you, you know, to say I you're sorry, that has no, that has no, yeah, I, I mean, what does I, that mean? 
Yeah, and you know, for one thing, I think there's there's three parts to a start to how I say I'm sorry, and then I think there's also three ways to say I'm sorry. And of uh, the oldest and most important one, I think seems to be the last um, that always happens. So, first thing, the three things to an apology is one, just saying I'm sorry. The first things of admitting it, then also saying. Saying what I did, taking acknowledgement of what I did. This is how I hurt your feelings. You know, this is blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, this is why the project was not turned in on time. Um, and then also saying how you should correct it. And there was this thing um, where I used to work, we would talk about the sort of quiz, um, uh, you know, uh, constructive criticism or ways to kind of fix the situation. As we know, you know, as we call stuff, it feedback. I don't even call when it someone, constructive criticism because I think that's an oxymoron. You know, Feedback. Yeah, well, you know, when someone says, when someone says to us, you know, uh, this, you know, oh, I, I, you know, I just took your class and I didn't like it because this, when, when people instantly, kind of, we, we take, um, offense. We, or I love when people say no offense, but you just know that setting up a situation to you know, like, okay, basically what you're saying is what I'm about to say is going to offend you, but don't be upset with me because I already said don't be offended, but this is what I don't like about you kind of thing. Um, again, very, very like not, this is not going to work. Oxymoron is. But, right, that's um, not working. Yeah, no but when it comes to what, something we, what um, I learned, this sort of way I kind of get to get your message across is this thing about sandwiching is first of using praise, concern, and then how you're going to fix things. So saying, you know, praise, um, just say to someone that like, wow, you know, that was that was uh, an amazing project you turned in, uh, but I'm a little concerned about uh the spelling, the messy penmanship within the project. So well, how about my, um, so I suggest, how about, you know, you and I, we meet after class and we work on it. So you praise, you find the concern, and then you suggest the resolution when you just attack with someone. And also I think a lot the of The only thing is there, and I totally agree with you, is yeah. I would eliminate the word but, B-U-T, because a but is a but is a but, and that means no, behind. No, that's a great way. So and, use another word. And so, so because, yes, because have, you know, when I you say to great, somebody, but, uh, you did a great job. But you have just yeah. diminished well, them. Honestly, so no, the but things is I think people that's what's trying to find praise in something. But I think when it comes to apologies, that definitely gets. I think a lot of times when people want to apologize, um, excuses get ran into it. So I think you know, if you'll say, "I'm I'm so sorry," but the reason is this, and and sometimes there are legitimate things. Oh, God, now I feel like I can't use the word, but however, um, when someone's you know, suggesting that's things, a better that you're word, however, apologizing that's a good with someone, uh, you eliminate these excuses. This is why this happened. I, I, I was late. I am so sorry I'm late for work, but this happened. So truly, I found a lot of times places when I just say, you know what, actually that was me. The, the reason, I'm sorry I was late. You know, my mistake, I, it won't happen again. Those, when owning ownership to it, I think that uh, creates a big thing. And I, I, I recently just had something. I was at work and something, uh, the, the manager saw that something was wrong and, and they were, thought it was someone else and were saying, oh, you know, I'm going to talk to so and so. And they said, oh, no, 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 actually that was me. I'm so sorry. I totally thought that's what we were supposed to put it. I won't happen again. Don't get mad. And, and they were actually more like, wow, you, you just happened. And it's like I just I heard you thinking it was someone else, and I want to let you know, no, that was truly me, and that was truly. I'm sorry. I thought that's what we were supposed to do. I didn't know that. Like this won't happen again. And they were not only so happy that I stepped up so that someone else didn't get in trouble, but also that I took complete ownership. That I was like, oh no, 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 that was me, and I I thought that like, oh, 
that won't happen again. I didn't know that was how it was supposed to be. Um, and that you know what? And you just said something really important here, and that is about taking ownership. Because once you take ownership and responsibility for an error, what else can people do? <laughs> you know, what are they going to say? I mean, so I think that just being uh, the man and woman enough to admit your mistakes and then move forward. And, you know, this is the mistake I made. This is how I'm going to fix it. Let's go on. It's all about responsibility. Yeah, and, you know, you hit on just a thing of well, to say because really – what happens today, and, also, and this goes for all communication, I think why there are so many reasons that people have to say I'm sorry is um, the forms of communication. A lot of times when people say, I'm sorry, it could, be, it could come from via text or via email. And as we know, there is so much subtext. It's not what you say, but how you say it. So I'm sorry, could you, be, could, you could be texting it or emailing it as, I am so, I'm, I'm sorry, with sincerity. But it could come off as, I'm sorry, like, you know, just snarky, not, you know, nothing there, just, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I hate it when people say, when it goes into those things, when you're having those arguments and you're telling the person, you know, like, yeah, I, you know, just, you know, I wish you would just admit what you do wrong. And then they say one of those, okay, yeah, I'm right, I'm, I'm wrong, you're totally right. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But just that snarky that you feel, you know, that, that's caused more aggression. So a lot of times, I think because these, like, in um, actually personal things have happened with people, when we say this via text message, via email, we always read things in our own voice. We can't, there isn't a, some, a button that helps us read it in their, in their voice, so we can't read the sincerity. We can't read, um, sometimes that goes for you when people are trying to be sarcastic and they make a joke and it could come off offensive when it was not meant to be. So, you know, those are good ways when something happens of you, you know, that instant thing. But the best thing, I think, you know, text, email, it's a start, but you're leading up for more situations. A letter, I think that earns more credit because it's such a, a an old way of doing things now that becomes appreciation. But, again, you're getting into that, um, you know, written text that it's not going to be read in your own mind. The best way to actually communicate is in person or via phone if maybe this is maybe something happened via email, via text, of someone actually hearing it from your mouth, hearing, you know, the, the different tones in your voice, hearing the sincerity, and hearing what you really have to say. Because as we know with, with uh, you know, modern kind of communication things that we only have so many characters to express our things or autocorrect that sends us into so many other things of just owning up. Whatever happened is the instant thing is to reach out to someone. Um, but I'm also a big supporter of before you reach out, before you make these apologies, give yourself a kind of instant cool down. I know a lot of times why things get said in haste is we say these things out of an emotional outburst. And a lot of times then we are quick to react or we're quick to um, come to the fence or want to be, I'm sorry. So kind of take just a moment, gather your thoughts because we, you know, instantly why so much happens is these quick little maneuvers. Um, so well, you know, and with that thought is I always tend to believe, and it's hard to act on this, but sleep on it. In other words, when oh you're gosh, upset completely. or something has happened, a really, really good way is to go ahead and write that letter, write whatever it is down you want to say, but don't send it, don't push send, don't put it in the mail, sleep on it. Because sometimes we just get our nerves off frazzled and we need to wake up the next morning and feel a bit more empowered and a bit more strong and then realize, you know what, maybe they were just having a bad day and maybe I interpreted it correct, incorrectly, right? 
No, that is like actually the best advice for things is that a lot, you know how people say don't go to upset, don't go to bed upset. I don't, I think I'm kind of thinking the other way. I feel like go to bed, take that time. I don't think, you know, you need that distance from someone or, or to think about something with work or take those things. Again, as you said, having a night to sleep on, to have that time in between, I think it's very therapeutic and um, cathartic to write something out, to write that letter of anger or apology, and then go back and reread it again. You know, never hit, never pre-address something. You know, just finding sometimes that will help you find your own voice, or just you got out those emotions, and then sometimes you realize now I've got those out that I feel I feel better, or I feel more capable of giving um, a more sound apology or forgiveness. Um, so we just use those things. I think it's time to um, express it out. Why? so many um, things happen in the first place is because we act out so instantly. So, again, take that time, take that night to rest, write it out, get it out, and then look back at it and see if it still has that much meaning to it as well. That is such incredible advice, and I love the fact that you brought up forgiveness, you know, in in this too, because it is golden to forgive. It's hard sometimes, but it's what makes us move forward. And this is something that uh, Brooke, Albury in his new Adventures of Blue Ocean Bob, a challenging job, he actually talks about how we have to stop blaming and we have to take action fast and and we have to own our mistakes and admit, you know, admit where we went wrong and then make an apology because that is what holds the lesson for living. So that is a good segue into our next segment, which is coming right up with Brooks Albury and his book the newest book in the series of the Blue Ocean Bob series, The Adventures of Blue Ocean Bob, A Challenging Job. Heather, why don't you wind this up? Give us your last thoughts and give out the website. Oh, most definitely. Well, my main thing is take a breather, take a night to sleep. Um, I'm sorry is a powerful world just as much as I love you and I hate you. Take your time to think about your words and think about the people around you, um, whether it's uh, intercommunicational, family, or business. For more positive and powerful information, go to our website, BeTheStarYouAre.com, as well as BeTheStarYouAre.org. And when we come back from break, it is Brooks Albury. I've been waiting for him to be on for such a long time because he has been away exploring the seas and exploring the world, so he has so much to share. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and we hope that you are feeling the power. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Blue Ocean Bob. The star you Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Be the star you are. 
Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you Plug into your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. We certainly appreciate you staying with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and this is the Empowerment Channel. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I'm always delighted to be your host and your personal growth success coach and bringing you the pioneers on the planet who are really making a difference in the lives of others. Well, Brooks Albrey is on a quest to impart achievement principles in a medium that are going to captivate and engage young readers. He has stories that foster an appreciation for the ocean and marine life. He's a successful businessman, and he has studied philosophy for most of his life, and he has a special appreciation for authors such as Napoleon Hill, Earl Nightingale, Bill Proctor, I mean Bob Proctor, and Wallace Waddles. And as a husband and father, he has found himself reading books to his son, and he realized that he could help kids through stories from the sea. He created a colorful and very timeless chapter book series called The Adventures of Blue Ocean Bob. And his newest book is A Journey Begins. Um, the newest book is actually a challenging job. The other book was A Journey Begins, and that was the last time he was on the show. Welcome back, Brooks, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you so much, Cynthia. It's great and to be I here. And I should say that you actually honored Bob Proctor by making your lead character Blue Ocean Bob. Yes, yes. Uh, well, Bob Bob is the one who put me up to the, the challenge in a way because I took the idea to him originally to thinking he might know somebody who'd want to create this, this chapter book series, or actually at the time it was a picture book idea. And he said, well, why don't you do it? <laughs> and so part of the reason he's been honored uh, as a character or, or named as, as the lead character, although his actual character is, I think, more revealed through Doc the Turtle. In that yes, story. yes, because he is more of the wise man. You know, Doc is the, is the wizard in here. Well, first of all, before we get into A Journey Begins and A Challenging Job, both of your books in the series, and you have more to come, I just want to personally and publicly and internationally thank you for being such a devout supporter of Be The Star You Are. I mean, we love your book series here. We are so thrilled to be able to give these out as a donation to kids around the country, and we firmly believe that you've created a valuable asset to help youth develop positive attitudes and a, a real thirst for healthy living while seeking success. So, I, I want to applaud you for creating this book, uh, the, uh, the series in general, because it's it really is powerful. 
and the fact that you wrote it in in rhyme, you know, makes it really um, enticing to young people. So tell us a little bit about where you've come from A Journey Begins, because that was the first book in the series. And I know you love the sea and you want to help the environment and you want to help kids. I mean, basically, you really want to give back to the world. So how did the new one develop? Because it has all new uh, illustrations. It's it's a whole different feel than the first book. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, actually, there, there was a precedent book. The first book was actually a picture book that I did called uh, Foolish Bob Discovers Its Purpose. And when I wrote that book, I had actually written about six or seven stories that I thought, no, you could have six or seven picture books. But when I started to write more and realized I had more, more that I wanted to kind of put into the books, I thought, you know, that's going to be, just be too many picture books. And so that's what spawned this idea of an early chapter book, which is essentially, you know, each one is five chapters. It's almost like five picture books put together. And also it's for a little bit older kid. It can still be read to, you know, a five-year-old kindergarten kid. But the older kids who are, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, starting to read on their own, my concept was also not only are you learning to read, you're learning something really positive that can help you going forward. And so... That's when I converted the, the picture book idea into the early chapter book, A Journey Begins, which came out in 2013. And when I did that, I actually had kind of continued to write uh, about 10, and then, then eventually I had 15 of these chapters. And so I've, I've really conceived of this as a trilogy now, and that's why the, you know, the second book, I think, is, is, is great and can be read on its own, but in, in the context of the first book, the second book, and the third book, I think people will see the, the arc of development um, for, for not only Bob, but some of the other characters in the story. So that, that but was kind of also the, the fact that, I mean, the picture book that you developed was because your son was younger, right? I mean, That's, you really started this when your son was young, and then it's, it is grown as your son has grown. That's right. I can't. I can't deny the, the fact of you know my my personal life and that my son did inspire me. We were reading picture books every night when he was four. When the start, he was four. He's now ten. So I've been at this for six years, and and the idea was putting some of these ideas into picture books. And then perhaps as he got older, I just thought, well, hey, you know, maybe an early chapter book, you know, could, would be would be even better because some of the concepts got a little bit more complex. Um, um, still, I think very digestible for a kid who's who's eight, nine, ten years old, but but the chapter book just kind of evolved. And and so he jokes with me now and says, Dad, you have to write a graphic novel. <laughs> right. Well you know what? I I really do see I see the evolution of your books. Having known you from the beginning and now watching each book, I really do feel uh, that you are influenced by the growth of your son and how the next chapter in his life, and he probably is talking to you, so you probably will have a novel at one of these times. But let's talk about a challenging job, because I, um, first of all, I wanted to ask you, were you always writing or thinking in rhyme? Because you've, you've written, you know, you write these in rhyme, and, and they're, they go together so well. I mean, the story is told in rhyme. Is this something you've liked since you were a child, or is this something that you're son really likes um it's just easy to digest when it's in rhyme yeah and i i think that you know it wasn't that i was 
always thinking it had, if I wrote something, it would be in rhyme. But I think it, I can't deny that you know we have the entire collection of Dr. Seuss at our house, all 44 of his books, and we've read each one there you go. <laughs> multiple, multiple, multiple times. And we don't do that anymore because you know, once in a while now we he's older. Yeah, but he actually likes me to pull one out once in a while. But, but, um, so that, and, but I realized, not just that I love Dr. Seuss, but that it was digestible, that he started to repeat some of the phrases. He would know, he would, he, because we read these books several times, he would start to finish the sentences on the pages, you know, even if he wasn't even looking at it. And, and I realized, like, these concepts that I want to put through you know, in the books, I'd love for kids to just kind of get them you know, in their minds. And, and a lot of this for adults, you know, we talk about, uh, auto-suggestion and, and subconscious mind and all these things, but, but these phrases and these ideas do get implanted into us, and that was part of my idea is you know, there's a lot of other things out there that aren't necessarily bad, but they're also not necessarily good that kids are looking at and, and reading, so why not go for something that, that has a positive you know, spin, a positive message, and, and that's kind of what the idea of this is, and that's kind of why I've written them in rhyme. It's also why I believe I can't write them forever in rhyme. I mean, I feel like this trilogy makes sense, um, but I don't think, you know, I'm gonna, if I go on as an author, I'm, everything I write is going to be in rhyme, <laughs> you know. It's, well, it's, no, for probably this when you get to that novel, it's going to be different. But, That's you know, right. I think for the age group that you are targeting right now, although I must say as an adult, I really enjoy the rhyme, you know. I mean, I, I, it seems that it just flows easily, and I get a feeling of being in the moment. I mean, I am in the sea. I am trying to rescue the stingray. I'm trying to rescue a ray, you know. Uh, and, <laughs> with Doc down there, I'm, it's there's something about rhyme that just sucks you in. It just I think that's sucks right, and in. I also think because some of some of the things that the Doc or Wallace or Earl are conveying are, are kind of lessons, and when it's in rhyme, it's it's just it's it's not preachy. It just it seems more lyrical, and it's it's, it's easier to listen to. You know, um, I, that really might be that really might be it. I mean, uh, as you uh, might have heard in our first segment, we were talking about uh, the importance of apologies. And you know, right when in your chapter, in your chapter of Pelican's Plight, you you kind of weave into the rhyme how important it is to stop blaming. You know, to just to take action, to own what the part that you've played in anything. So, you know, without, just as you said, because it's in rhyme, that lesson is taught and you don't really have to say very much. You can, you can teach responsibility, fairness, and that your, that magic word of being forgiving and offer forgiveness because you're doing it in rhyme. Yeah, I think, I think in that particular chapter, Earl said, now, you know, be responsible and, and, and make an apology right now. It exactly. comes out very differently than this challenge you face holds a lesson for living when you're responsible, fair, and forgiving. You know, well, it, yeah, because it, the whole idea was both Zena and Bob were looking at each other like, oh, Bo, you, you screwed up. No, I screwed up. No, you screwed up. You know, and, and so it was like, wait a minute, stop. All right, you both need to apologize. I, I really I liked it how it just came out. That was like a, an important lesson and especially for kids if they learn that young when they're young they're going to take that into adulthood with them it is a, a gift of responsibility you have to be responsible for who you are and you have to learn how to communicate and communication and responsibility are two of the um, the virtues the lessons the gifts that you want to impart to your audience right 
Yeah, I mean, every chapter has a principle um, in, in all 15 chapters of the three books. So those are two of the principles, two of the chapters, basically. You know, communication, responsibility, also it's confidence, gratitude, and success. Gratitude and success. Well, let's talk about gratitude because uh, I'm a huge person that I really do believe that the more you're grateful for, the more you have to be grateful for. I mean, it it's sort of a... It's sort of the the paradigm of life, isn't it? Is that the more gratitude you express, it's like it just keeps kind of pouring in. So we need to be grateful. So you bring that out here in your book, In a Challenging Job. So tell us why you felt that was an important one and why you chose the why you chose the characters to express it and why you chose those specific characters. Well, I mean, if you ask me the cornerstone of this book, the cornerstone of the first book uh, probably is purpose um, and goals. The cornerstone of this book to me is gratitude. Uh, okay. And it's kind of because to me gratitude is, is so important and it's something we constantly have to, you know, focus on ourselves. Like all these concepts, you know, this is lifelong lifelong learning. It's not, you know, no one masters them. That's why I think they're so, you know, it's it's. I find it useful to go back and read my books because it's like, you know, some of the concepts that I put in there, I've, I, I put in there because I studied the material and I put it in there. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm perfect at it. And so to me, gratitude well, we teach is kind what of, we need to learn, right? So we write, I, I often find as a writer that I write what I need to learn. Yes. Yes. And, and something like gratitude to me is almost like a reset button. You know, if there's things going on in your life and you know, it's troubling, if you just stop for a second and say, wait, hit the reset button wait a second, look at all these things I have. Look at the life I've had. Look at the family I have. Look at my friends. Look at my job. Look at all these other great things. It's, it, just, it just can put everything in perspective for you. And I think kids to learn that early is just super valuable. And, and, and you know, I, I, I've been happy that I think my son has you know, kind of picked up on that too. And, and we did a Christmas list, and the last thing on his list was thank you. <laughs> for oh wow! Oh, God. that just gave me chills. Yeah, that's and, amazing. And- See, you and your wife have been very good parents because this is why I really love um, this whole series. And we're speaking to author Brooks Albrey, and his series is the Adventures of Blue Ocean Bob. And he started with the picture book, and it was all about purpose. And then it was the journey begins, and now the newest book is a challenging job, which really focuses a lot on gratitude. And I love, Brooks, that what you did in here is it was find a small stone that seems special to you. Because that just, you know, that kind of made me think of memory beads and, you know, just something, that, that token that we all need as a reminder. I know when I've coached people, I've given him like a little angel pin, which reminds me of, of Zena, actually, the hummingbird. And I've said, you know what? When you're feeling scared, just sort of rub that, your little angel, and you'll feel, you'll feel the power because you have everything you need inside of you. And this is what you're saying in your books is that we have everything we need. You know, we're just, we're just humans in training, so we're constantly exploring. We're constantly, you know, we have good days and we have bad days. And, uh, and Bob experiences all of that. And through the help of his friends, he's able to get out of his blues. That's right. And, and you know, we didn't mention Zena, but that's the hummingbird that's always with him and his, his friend and guardian. I mean, she was based on the idea that that little voice in your head that's always saying, well, are you sure you want to do that? Or, you know, you really want to take that risk? Or that's probably not such a good idea that holds you back. And so that's why she's, 
you know, constantly in the picture because it's just something that, that we always face, you know, and, and we have to deal with. And, uh, and you know, on, on another note, and I'll just tell you as a preview in the third book, I thought, you know, that's great, but also she needs to also evolve a little bit too. So yeah. she might evolve <laughs> she a little does, bit. She does because she is that negative voice. I mean, she means well, right? She totally yep. means well. She wants to protect him. She wants to take care of him. And that is that voice in our head that is like, do you really want to jump off that cliff? Oh, you know, it might be a long fall. Oh, I'm not sure you can do this. Whereas what we really need in life is that person that gives you the push and says, yes, you're going to grow those eagle wings. Yes, you can do it. You can do it. You, you can do it. And she just needs that push, too. Yep, that's right. So Thank how you. are you going to evolve her? Or is that a secret we can't tell? Um, it is. It, yeah, we'll just keep it a secret that, you know, it's not a huge, huge thing, but, but um, you know, I believe that all characters should evolve, and, and I think it was important for her to, to play the role she's played in the first two books, and in the last book, maybe she can change her tune a little bit at the end. That's my idea. <laughs> so what is your dream for parents and teachers, because you've created this really very nice activity guide for them, and... You know, in um, the perfect world, what is your dream that the parents and teachers would take the activity guide, they would take the books, and how would they impart the message to the young people, you know, under their care? Yeah, at my son's school uh, here in New York, that they have uh, classes on ethics. And I was recently speaking with one of the ethics teachers, and she was saying, oh, it would be great, you know, we really want to take this and and, and use it with the kids because this is perfect for the ethics classes. And I think it would be to, you know, take each chapter, take the principles, take the, the discussion questions, you know, that I provided or that, you know, they can also, I'm sure, come up with their own, as well as uh, activities uh, related to there's language arts activities, there's science and nature, there's mentoring and helping others, there's a goal-setting activity, there's art activities they can do. So there's to take the books and not just read them once and, and put them away, but kind of use them as a, as, a, as, a, as a tool to bring out some of these ideas and to have discussions with the kids about things like goal setting or gratitude or, you know, what is, uh, what is a vision and, and, you know, what is positive attitude versus a negative attitude and things like that. So to, to dig a little more into the books, um, the books are just a, an introduction, a stepping stone, but maybe hopefully a trigger to to talk about some of these things that I think, you know, are, are very valuable concepts for kids to start learning. And, and it was always my idea that kids this age, they're not going to master these concepts, but if they're exposed to them, when, they're, when they start learning about them later, you know, in kind of middle school and high school, it's not new. It's, oh, yeah, I remember that Blue Ocean Bob book, and I remember if I, if I just change my attitude, I actually can affect the outcome of a situation. Or if I, maybe if I take responsibility, it will, you know, it will in the end be the best thing that I, I could have done, and I remember that from, you know, when I was a kid and I learned that. So, and you know what? They do remember that. I think that's the most in, important thing that we as parents have to know is that kids are listening, whether we think they are or not, and that day will come. And that's why it's so important to read to kids and read with kids books like The Adventures of Blue Ocean Bob because these achievement principles that you have outlined and you have written in this lovely poetry, rhyming basis with great illustrations, you know, purpose and goals and vision and attitude, uh, confidence, responsibility, persistence. Let's see, you have more. Communication, gratitude, and, of course, success. They uh, may not seem like they're, you know, taking it all in, but they are. 
And then one day they are going to repeat it back and what was in the book is going to come to them. And I think that the illustrations are important too because they're going to remember, was it Doc that said it? Was it the walrus that said it? You know, mm-hmm. I think that the, I think it really does happen because I've seen this with my own kids. I, I'm like astounded when they, it comes back to them and it was all, most of the stuff was books and topics that we talked about when they were young. Yeah, and you asked me why I picked each character to have a particular, you know, to say particular things or to represent a particular principle. And, you know, it comes, it comes back to my study of the different individuals who, who inspired me. So Wallace D. Waddles inspired, you know, Wallace D. Walrus. He, he talks a lot about gratitude. That's why he's the, the gratitude uh, teacher or mentor. Um, so, it's, so Earl the Clam, you know, with Earl Nightingale is, you know, talks about the... Uh, the importance of, of attitude. Um, and so he's, he teaches that to Bob. So there, there, was, there was a reason that, that each one kind of had, it's not a direct link in all cases, but, but there was influence that, that they had on, on the different well, characters. Well, and you've really honored some very legendary people who had some brilliant ideas that have inspired all of us. Well, Brooks, we have to go to a quick break. Do you mind staying for a few minutes uh, longer after the break? Because... You know, the industry has really changed in the last few years, and I wanted to talk to you about our kids um, reading the books on their tablets or on their phones, or do you believe in this? I'd like to get your, you know, your input on this. Uh, would you be able to stay for a few more minutes? Absolutely, sure. Okay, great. All right, we are speaking with Brooks Aubrey. He is the author of the series, The Adventures of Blue Ocean Bob. We want you to go to the website, blueoceanbob.com, and you got to pick up this book. It is just, it, uh, and the series of the books. They are really, really wonderful. And these will be books that your kids are going to want to keep forever. And even when they get older, you're going to keep them for them because one day you'll have grandkids, and those grandkids will love them too. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We'll be right back with Brooks. Stay with me. Don't go away. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. We talk about the young a lot, but age is also wise. There are 100 million people over the age of 50 in the United States, and they control 70% of disposable income. They buy two-thirds of all the new cars, a half of all the computers, and one-third of all the movie tickets. People 50 and older spend $7 billion a year shopping online. 80% of them are traveling, and dollars are flowing through their credit cards. So consumers age 50 and older are the third largest economy in the world, trailing only the gross national product of the United States and China. But are older Americans being ignored by the marketplace? Between 2014 and 2030, the population of 50-plus will grow by 34%. Are you supporting the wisdom of the elderly or the locked-into youth culture? You want to also boost your business with a touch of gray. It will fatten your bottom line. And remember that they are the ones that buy for their kids. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. 
For more information, visit StarStyleProductions.com or call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-7827. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are, you are. your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program star style be the star you are hosted by the passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan now back to the power party find all you need in a life well thank you thank you thank you much gratitude for staying with us here on star style be the star you are we're coming to you live And we are broadcasting from the Voice America Network. You're listening to the Empowerment Channel. And our guest today is Brooks Albrey. He is the author of The Adventures of Blue Ocean Bob, a series of books for young readers that really empower them to be the best that they can be and giving them tools to live lives for the future and right now so that they can make really good decisions. So, Brooks, welcome back. Really glad that you uh, took the time to stay with me. I I hope I'm not cutting into your time. (laughs) Absolutely not. No problem. Happy to be here. Well, I really, you know, again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of yours, and I really, really love these books. But I wanted to talk to you about the fact of publishing and how it might have changed in the last few years, because I've seen a huge difference in the last 10 years. And now a lot of kids' books are being published as e-books, as, you know, early e-readers. They're on tablets. Give me your uh, feedback on this, how it's affected you, what you see in the future, and what you believe is the good way for kids. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, that's, that digital is impacting everything, but in a way, I think for children's books, it's a little different in that the printed version still seems to be vibrant, um, and the digital seems to be additive and helpful, but not replacing the traditional children's books. I was just in Bologna, Italy, and I stopped by the, the children's book fair there, which is the largest in the world, and it was one of the largest they've ever had, and by all accounts, everyone is saying the children's book industry is very strong. Uh, right now, despite everything that's happening within in the publishing world, so so in children's books it, it may be different, and I think part of that is the nature of you know wanting to read to your kid, having the book in in bed, the illustrations. Um, that being said, you know I think it's important to have a digital version. I have eBooks for all my books, and also for Journey Begins, the first early chapter book. I have a iTunes app, which is a reading app, an interactive app with some game aspects, but really it's, it's more of a reading-focused uh, app where kids can press on the words and get a definition. They can press on different pictures and hear what it is. They can have it read to them. They can read it themselves, that kind of thing, which makes it more interactive. And, and ultimately, I'd like to you know, convert all my books into something like that as well. But 
it seems like the printed version is still important in children's oh, books. Well, you know, I am a I love printed books. I just I'm one of these, you know, old-fashioned people that I want to hold a book, I want to smell a book, I want to turn the pages. But it's like everybody I talk to, they just they love everything in ebooks. And so many kids now that come into my offices, they all have tablets or they I mean they literally come in with their tablets and they're really astute from early ages. Are you finding that your books are being read on tablets or via apps or, you know, in the Internet, whatever. I mean, how is that working? Um, there have been probably an equal, well, probably a little bit higher. It depends because my apps, I have an app for the first chapter that's free download, and then I have the actual book, The Journey Begins on iTunes. And and I would say there's, of, of the actual book, there's been about, you know, maybe, Fifty percent of the number of, of physical books have been downloaded, or, or, or but if you look at all the apps that have been downloaded, it's probably maybe even more downloads than actual books that are out there. Um, what's nice about the apps is, as an extension vehicle is you know you get I get downloads from I find you know Apple sends you where you get downloads, you know, China, you know the Middle East, South America, I mean all around the world, and, and people are downloading or Blue Ocean Box. Downloading you know, I mean, the book, so that massive. is exciting. Yeah, it's because exciting. that means you know, the message is global, and the right. me- the message is universal. So the fact that people can easily access the book that that's an important uh, it's an important tool. Then yeah, and that's really my my main motivation was to like you know I have another career right. So this isn't isn't my main career is to right. get the message. I get this get these stories out there for kids, and uh, there's nothing better than right being able to download it off the internet for to to really you know get it out there. So. So I think it's it's wonderful and something I'm definitely interested in, but I felt like I still wanted to do the printed books first, um, and and I think you know be a a true kind of children's book series, and and then from there who knows where it can go you know with digital and all the other things. So how is it for you to work with the different editors, different illustrators? Uh, you know how is that? How has it been in your whole publishing experience? Yeah, I mean I. It basically switched from my picture book to my early chapter book, kind of a different team from both the publishing perspective and the illustrator perspective. Well, that and makes sense, though. I mean, from a picture book to, you know, your chapter books, right? Because they're kind of a different, you know, even though they're four young kids, they're a different element. That's, yeah, exactly. And it was, just, it was just a natural evolution. But I've been really fortunate in, in throughout the whole series, including the picture book, to have the same editor who is uh, Emma Walton Hamilton, who's amazing um, as a children's book guru and also just her expertise in, in editing the verse with me and helping, really teaching me. Because when I wrote these, I, didn't, I was not an expert in verse by any stretch. I just wrote them how they came to me. And she said, listen, you know, you're writing in this particular style. You know, and, and so it is now 100% consistent, you know, iambic tetrameter is how I'm writing. Right, so, iambic pentameter. Boy, I remember is, that from English class. <laughs> you know, but it was like these kind of technical things I never would have known, and Emma really has, has helped me. And, uh, and not only that, she understood kind of the purpose behind the project as well as the storyline and all that. So I've been really fortunate to have a great editor, and I think you know, a lot of writers would, would say that that's important. And then with Kevin Keel in the, in the series, I mean, he's just amazing. Uh, he just, just every time he sends me an illustration, I'm like, wow. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Wow. I mean, you know, we and do you changes. let your son look at the illustrations and he says, yeah, Dad, I love it, or let's do something different? Nicholas, Nicholas my son, he has uh, actually 
signed off on every single illustration. I don't, See, I don't sign off on an I illustration. Love. In, I love that. I love that. So says, he really feels it, part of it. So he's going to write a book with you, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. At this point, you know, he's, he's now 10, so he's kind of moving on to other things. And he's, he's happy to advise me, but this isn't kind of his thing anymore. It's <laughs> not his thing. <laughs> well, he, Brooks, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Brooks' website, the series, The Adventures of Blue Ocean Bob, you can go to blueoceanbob.com. You can go to facebook.com forward slash blueoceanbob and check that out as well. And, uh, Brooks, thank you again so much for being a part of Be The Star You Are and your dream to get these books into the schools and to empower youth. And for all of you, I want to remind you, too, um, that we're going to be having uh, several different events that um, Children's Success Unlimited is the sponsor of where we'll be giving out copies of Blue Ocean Bob and Brooks is going to be a guest on our teen show on May 5th. So make sure to tune in there. So Brooks, thank, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll continue uh, to have this conversation because what you're doing is not only impressive, but it's important. Well, thank you for everything you do to support you know, Blue Ocean Bob and, and actually help me get these books to kids. I really appreciate it. Yes, well, we are g- definitely getting these books out there. That's for sure. So <laughs> thanks again. Go to blueoceanbob.com. That is Brooks Albury. And uh, that, I really appreciate you being on the show. So we will be in touch, Brooks. Thank you. Look forward Thank to it. Thank you. And now I just want to spend the last couple minutes of our time that we have together. I'm going to just talk to you a little bit about the media and a true gift that you can give your children is to shield them a bit from the emotional, the physical, the turbulence and violence that exist in our world today by limiting some of the media exposure that they have. You know, it does require um, an effort on your part as a parent. Because, you know, you you always want to kind of hang in there with your kids and be cool. But there's so much negativity out there. So you do want to, if you're going to go online, go to something where you can see Blue Ocean Bob, for example. Go to blueoceanbob.com. But you don't want your kids to be involved in scary situations, whether they're real or imagined. Because that really initiates uh, anxiety and fear in your kids. So... You know, when there are bad things that are happening in our world and somehow it seems that every day we discover new bad things that are happening, really learn to monitor their internet, their television, and other um, videos and music exposure. If you ever stop and listen to the lyrics on many of the songs, you're going to find that they are not values that you want your kids to be uh, experiencing or emulating. Sadly, many kids are exposed to news media coverage, and they're really not equipped to handle it. So we have to um, monitor what our kids are doing. It's important to limit their exposure to television, to computer, to phone, to print news, uh, to radio, and, of course, to monitor their access to social media. And then you can show them the positive and uplifting events that are having, uh, happening in our world. And um, even if there is a small amount of sad news, that's okay. There is sadness in life. We know that. We know that as a fact is that, you know, bad things happen, but we have to sit down and explain things to our kids. Again, getting back to 
The Adventures of Blue Ocean Bob. It's why I love this series so much is that what Brooks has done in all of his, uh, his two books and then, of course, the picture book is the ones that are in rhyme here uh, that are The Journey Begins and a Challenging Job. He gives us life lessons that we can easily assimilate into our lives and we can understand what's going on. So we're learning confidence. We're learning responsibility. We're learning communication. We're learning gratitude. We're learning success. And we're not seeing the evil that is in the world. Because children pick up information from their friends and their classmates. And unfortunately, we as parents, we can't provide complete protection. But in addition to working to limit their exposure, you can be the source of effective reassurance for your kids. And some things are going to be frightening, but as a parent, it's important not only to set boundaries for exposure to external sources, but to set your own limits for what your children receive from you. Just remember that as parents, sometimes we talk to each other about sensitive issues or we converse on the phone within the earshot of our kids. Sometimes we discuss inappropriate subjects directly with our kids, maybe worrisome topics such as somebody's uh, serious illness or a financial problem, or maybe even things that may seem innocuous to us but are not to kids. So have clear boundaries so that our kids understand that adult matters are off limits for them, and we just have to learn to practice discretion. And that is a gift to our kids. It is uh, an emotional gift, uh, a physical gift, a spiritual gift. We want to empower our children and give them the best opportunities and the best ways to be successful. So again, I want to thank you so much for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, every week. We hope that you will be tuned right here with me, Cynthia Bryan, and for the wonderful guests that we bring on our show. Pick up a book this week and make it The Adventures of Blue Ocean Bob. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. I want you to see beyond your physical being, know that you're already a star, that you have dreamed of becoming, and that you can be the star of your own life because you already are. And, you know, again, imagine your dreams as if they already exist and speak as if they already exist and act as if they already exist. And until next week when we celebrate again, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan from Star Style. I'm thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. We'll talk next week. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestaryouare.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. 
Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.